Today on Footnoting History, we have angry dead people, confused dead people, frightened dead people, and an 11th century bishop trying to make sense out of all this for his readers. Welcome to the March 2nd edition of Footnoting History. My name is Lucy, and today I'll be discussing the disquieting presence of zombies in an 11th century German chronicle, written by Bishop Thietmar of Merseburg. In addition to being a bishop, Thietmar was a historian, and his chronicle is an attempt to explain as well as describe the world. That every act of telling history is also an act of interpreting history is something of which medieval historians were much more conscious than some of their modern counterparts have been. Often, historians have been prone to focus on the parts of Thietmar's history that make the most sense to us, that seem the most like real history. In other words, the parts where Thietmar is concerned with describing the political fortunes of the Etonian emperors. Thietmar wrote at a time of political upheaval, and he himself was intimately connected to the imperial family, so he does have a lot to say about how totally justified the Etonian emperors are in their dealings with their enemies, their allies, and their subjects. Proportionally, though, he spends a lot more time describing different regional customs and weird things that happened. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, this has tended to be written off as just a medieval historian being weird and medieval, and not really discerning between things that actually did happen, like emperors conquering their neighbors, and things that obviously couldn't have happened, like a bunch of zombies coming to life and burning a priest. Thietmar, however, didn't see it this way, and I think it's worth examining why. The bizarre behavior of dead people does come up in a number of medieval chroniclers, but sometimes the historians will take pains to make sure that their readers know that they didn't actually see this themselves, and they aren't really sure, and it seemed as though the dead people were doing this, that, or the other crazy thing, but no one really knows. Thietmar shows no such uncertainty. Looking at Thietmar's bizarre zombie stories as an intrinsic part of his history of how the world works and what an orderly society looks like, I think is crucial to understanding a bit more about how his mind worked and how he saw 11th century society. Although Thietmar repeatedly reinforces to his readers that everything is really coherent and everything that he's telling them makes sense, this isn't actually fully the case. And there's a good reason for this that goes beyond, oh, those crazy medieval people. It may seem surprising to find dead people going against what are commonly perceived as the rules in Thietmar's Chronicon, but in the 11th century, people were still figuring out what those rules were. What actually happened to the soul after death? What made for correct Christian burial? Germany had only recently been Christianized, relatively speaking, and there were still many customs which had been only imperfectly integrated into the Christian faith and Christian ritual. At this period, as a number of historians have observed, there was no clear distinction made between what was morally right and what was ritually right, and this is seen again and again in Thietmau's stories. In one of the most notable of these, a priest is confused on coming to say matins in his church by seeing a bunch of people apparently dancing outside the lighted church door. Thietmau informs us that the priest was, not unreasonably, terrified, so he went to his bishop and asked him what he should do. The bishop told him that he should go back the following night and sleep in the church so as to observe them more closely. The priest did so only to be thrown out of the church together with his bed by the singing, dancing, possibly church-celebrating dead people. 
The priest went back to his bishop and was told to revisit the church on a third night. As in all good stories, it was on the third night that something really dramatic happened. Once again, the dead people took up the priest from his bed, and they burned him on the altar. Thietmar doesn't really explain this macabre parody of the Mass, and most of the stories he tells about dead people has them in less threatening roles. Once, it's true, Thietmar himself saw a vision of what he took to be a large throng of dead people appearing to him as his enemies. He informs his readers, though, that he doesn't think these dead souls ought to be able to harm living believers, exceptions to be made only in special occasions. Visions of dead people for Thietmar could be clarifying as well as confusing. Often, recently deceased bishops, monks, or nuns, or even lay people, will appear to their concerned relatives or members of their community to assure them that they're really okay in the afterlife and that everyone else should go on peaceably living their lives, or perhaps pursuing a course of action which this dead person particularly wanted them to undertake. This includes a pious laywoman who astonished absolutely everyone by sitting up during her funeral. Not unreasonably, everyone was terrified and ran out of the room, except for the lady's relatives and, presumably, Thietmar, who reports that she spoke to everyone very sweetly and then lay docilely down again so that they could keep going with the funeral. This is indeed marvelous, reports Thietmar, and indeed it ought not to be able to happen except by the grace of our Lord God. Thietmar's most up-close and personal encounter with a dead person occurs when he tries to bury his sister-in-law in the churchyard adjoining the monastery where he served. But between the time when his sister-in-law had asked to be buried there and the time when she died, a young monk himself had been buried there. So Thietmar, after some debate, dug him up. Dietmar is so self-reproachful about this that I suspect that he was trying to persuade his readers that they should never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, do anything similar. He says that he ignored the shamefulness of the request and acted wretchedly as a Christian doing something that the heathens would find shameful. He was so upset by this that he took a pilgrimage to Cologne to try to atone for his sins. But one night, while there, he heard what he describes as a great clamor. Clanking chains cannot be confirmed or denied. Inquiring what it was, he heard a voice saying, I am your brother Willigus, forced by your sin to wander without rest, like a sort of Jacob Marley. Thietmar apologized profusely, but nothing is recorded about the monk's eventual fate. The concern of Willigus, the worries of Thietmar's sister-in-law, and the confusion of the bishop himself shed light on the fact that what constituted proper Christian burial was still being debated and figured out around this time. For all of Thietmau's apparent certainty, his stories show that even bishops could get it wrong. In another instance, a young monk treats the relics of the saints with improper care, as a result of which the martyrs promptly appear to his abbot and inform him gravely that the young man's soul is forfeit. Only after a long discussion are they convinced to be placated with prayers. As this story illustrates, even the holiest dead could be pretty scary. Another terrifying apparition occurs when Thietmau saw a vision of a disembodied floating bishop's staff next to his bed, and a voice asked him if he would like to be elected bishop of Merseburg. Thietmau answered that he would, always providing this was the will of God. A voice responded, Take care, for whoever arouses the anger of St. Lawrence loses his mind. Thietmar appears not to have viewed this as a non-sequitur, as he responded, May Christ, the guardian of humankind, protect me, that I may not, in this or any other way, offend the majesty of God and forfeit the intercession of the saints. 
The intercession of the saints makes few but dramatic appearances in Thietmau's Chronicle. The ways in which the dead and the living were related to each other, and how they could pray for each other, were still being hammered out. Even some of the holiest people on earth might need to be punished for their sins after death, and exactly how this worked was still puzzling, even to bishops. Thietmau is always very careful to represent pagan and Christian customs as being entirely different from each other, totally separate in intent and function. But the evidence he himself presents suggests this was not, in fact, always the case. The bishop assures his audience that with proper Christian burial and prayers for the souls of the dead, you're probably going to be okay in the afterlife. Still, the stories he tells suggest that it was probably wisest to avoid 11th century churchyards after dark. You never know what a flock of zombies might be up to. This has been Footnoting History. If you liked our podcast, be sure to check us out on the web at footnotinghistory.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as information about upcoming podcasts. Join us next week when we'll be talking about a bizarre murder case from Tudor England. Until then, remember, the best stories are always in the footnotes. See you next week.